That's not what it says on your business card. <laughs> Even I can make something decent. It is not an inspiring car. <laughs> it gets great gas mileage. Striving for mediocrity. <laughs> Drives like a peach, huh? It's episode 90 of the EdTech Loop podcast. My name is Larry Burton, and she's decided to ditch my suggested pod topic. It's Danielle Brostrom. You can't find true wisdom from a textbook, but you can find it in this week's Moment of Zen. When you see a good person, think of becoming like her or him. When you see someone not so good, reflect on your own weak points. In an effort to develop a more professional palette, we've consulted the experts on how to better prepare this, this week's meet of the show. Making PD better, professional development better. We've all been there. We, yes. we have been into that session, in that keynote. Depends on your level of politeness. Do you sit through the the whole session or do you get up and... I sit through the session. Yep. So that was, ah. I, I respect... See, now I can go in and I'll have like a camera or something trying to get some shots or record it. And I have to go to the next session because I, you know, I can't... I have to try to get a, a swath of... of information out of this so yeah but sometimes you can't choose sometimes you're stuck in that bad pd because it's the pd you have to take and then you're stuck there's that yeah yeah the initial pod topic that i was going to talk about (laughs) that i I ditched (laughs) which i thought was going to be a winner because we're going to talk about your favorite subject liz kolb she had a keynote this year at wire tc and i was actually going to talk about her keynote and the fact that she did not she wasted no time. She basically came up there and it was something it was a different a different vibe than most keynotes that I've been to because she was basically like I'm a professional, you're a professional. You're here to get some information from me. I'm giving you that information. Let's do this. Let's act like professionals. And I I was looking through some of the resources that you had brought up and I'm like, "Yeah, like that." Yeah. Yeah, she was amazing. Um and you know <laughs> the reason I ditched your topic, Larry, <laughs> Matt Miller had a great post the other day on Twitter, and um, he's the writer of Ditch That Te- Textbook, and he talked a lot about PD and how sometimes it can be awful, and we've all sat through it. So he gave a ton of ideas on ways to make PD better and then threw it out to the group. And it just kind of got me thinking that we, we do need to talk about this. It's the beginning of the year, and we're all a little rusty, so it's a good time to bring this back. And and I'm guilty of this, too. You know, you. I I've gone in and I've had so much information to present and very little time to do it. So I went wide instead of deep with a few topics. And I just, I poured them to death as I read from the slideshow because I I got nervous and I knew I had a lot to cover. And ugh, ick, I, I hate that I falter to that if I'm not careful. So I think it's something to be aware of and really, really think about. Um, and when you know better, you do better. So let's Let's go through some of these things. Make it useful. Let's right. make it useful. So there's 21. I don't know if we're going to make it through. Make no, it through I didn't. 21, I want to talk about the big ones. Okay. Go get them. <laughs> okay. The first. I hope you have one specific one because I want your explanation on this. So. Ooh. Okay. The first one, I think, um, he talked about this in a couple different ways, but I really think you need to think about your audience. And like you mentioned, Liz really did that. She talked to her audience like they were professionals. But I think you need to find out where your audience is at. Try to figure out what they're thinking, read your audience. Don't just 
read from your slideshow, look at them and kind of see how they're taking in the information. And I think just really trying to connect with them. So you can ask them questions while you're there. Um, You can try to ask them questions beforehand in a survey. But I think just finding out where your audience is coming from and then trying to connect with them is like the number one thing you need to remember with doing PD, always. I have a feeling a lot of these are going to also apply to being a classroom teacher. It's kind of the same thing. And it's kind of funny that oftentimes, especially in our field, the people that we're getting professional development who are running these sessions are teachers. And then they get into this environment and all those pedagogical good word yeah, uh, <laughs> skills kind of seem to go sometimes kind of go out the window. So anyway, I just wanted to. No, I'm so glad you brought that up because yes, 100%. We are amazing educators and we deliver content to students in a way that is creative and um, interesting and we make it fun and we ha- do all, we, we, ha- we do it hands on and then we get into PD mode and we go back to that lecture base and I don't know why we forget all those things. You know, ad- adults do learn differently and there are some things that we can talk about at a later date but for the most part the adults deserve that same respect and they should also all her children with a shorter <laughs> attention span true especially teachers <laughs> but they deserve that same respect they deserve pd that is creative and inspiring and interesting and hands-on and i think um jennifer gonzalez covered this in a cult of pedagogy podcast a while ago but she said the same thing like treat it just like teaching make it hands-on differentiate use guided practice like all those things that you know how to do with children do them with adults in pd too and yes we should 100 percent be doing that got you off track sorry no that was that was on track Always. One time. One time. <laughs> I, kept, I kept this on track. And and I think, I think um, and Matt Miller mentions this too when he talks about giving them hands-on practice and giving them time to talk about what they're learning and including a variety of examples. Like, again, all those are teacher tips that we should be doing. If, if you just deliver your content and they never get a chance to talk about it, um, I think if you look at the research from... Joyce and Showers, it's research on, research on coaching, but it still says if you're just giving them theory all the time, it, only like five or 10% of the people are going to retain it and actually use it. So you obviously want more than that if you're taking the time to do a PD and wasting everyone's, not wasting everyone's time. I did not mean that. But maximizing their time. <laughs> maximizing their time, you have to make sure that you're doing more. You need to give them a chance to talk. You need to give them a chance to try the tool with you there walking around or just giving them a bunch of examples about how this this can apply to these different situations. How can this apply to you as a third grade teacher? How can this apply to you as an 11th grade teacher? Like, how does this how does this work? Like, let's actually dive in and look at it instead of just, here's what I need to teach you. Earlier, I had mentioned that, you know, Liz Cope had kind of gone directly into the topic and into the research very quickly. It doesn't mean you have to ditch the narrative. It's okay to tell a story and include the learning in in a story. That's going to be more compelling. It's going to be, oftentimes that um, the person in that session or listening to that keynote is going to have five more that day. There's a lot of information coming in. You're going to have to have some kind of a hook for it to be retained. For sure, and I wanna see us make 
PD more fun. Like I, sometimes I dread seeing those PD blocks on my calendar, those things that I have to go to because I think that it's going to be two hours or so that I'm going to be missing away from my family. How can, how, how can we make PD more fun? How could we, as presenters, could we, you know, change it up with a game or give them a short, funny video? Like when they're having fun and research will tell us this, when learning is enjoyable, better learning takes place. So that goes for adults and for kids. So never design a training you wouldn't want to sit through yourself. You know, let's let's make it let's make it fun. Well, and going back to what you had said, I think your first point, have some empathy as well. Recognize that it has to be fun for you or something that you would see as fun, but take yourself out of it for a second and recognize that other people might have different interests or different points of view and at least have that level of empathy. For sure. What else you got? Um, I really liked one of the topics or one of the tips that Matt Miller mentioned was to be your own unique self. And I think that this is something um, I really don't do. And I think it was something that I'd like to start. Um, it just He just talks about if you have a skill or talent, how can you use that to enhance your professional development? If you can sing or play an instrument, could you create a song? If you can draw or at least are willing to try, could you sketch note your session as it's being presented? Um, if you have a knack for making videos, make some of your own videos to include. I think that those are great ideas because it just helps people connect with you, um, especially if you're willing to be a little silly or a little, a little different, I think that will help them remember what you're doing as well. As long as you're topical. Oh, of as course. As long as you're on topic. Um, the, I think 100%, I'm gonna, I'm yes. I'm going to guess you're going to get to this, uh-huh. but uh, no to edutainment. <laughs> if you're up there just trying to grandstand and look at my video that I made. Right, not, right, 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 right. compelling, but if, it's, if it has nothing to do with your topic or maybe kind of does... They're spending time with you. Make sure that time is well used. Yes, 100%. Yes. And then the other one that I really thought was important, just to keep the conversation going, they're typically when you deliver PD, it's something that you want them to do in their classroom. So how are you going to keep that conversation going? They're going to struggle. They're going to... um, they're going to need you. They're going to need that group of learners that they learned with. So how do you keep that conversation going after? Do you have them connect with you on Twitter? Do you have a Google Classroom set up so that way they can come on and ask questions later? It's just a nice way for people to have that recurring conversation and actually move the needle. I don't know what this one was. I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah. Speed dating activity. I have not witnessed this. I don't know what it actually, it was It was in his list. Yes. Did you read it and have you done it? I in have. In a professional development <laughs> setting. <laughs> I want to clarify. <laughs> Going back, Larry. <laughs> um, I did. I have done that before. I don't love that one, honestly, unless I'm comfortable with the people around me. I don't always like because you're know. such an introvert, I recognize. <laughs> Sometimes I am. Sometimes I, I don't know. Every everybody that knows you right now is like, <laughs> right. You asked me. <laughs> sometimes I don't like it because sometimes I'm talking to people that I don't know about topics that I don't feel comfortable talking to people about. But I so guess what, we, I guess people talking, which is what you want. You want people to be talking. You want them to have conversations, which it does. So. Yes, it would push me out of my comfort zone as well, which sometimes you do have to do if you're going if you're going to go to a professional development seminar or professional development situation. 
you should be willing to be pushed out of your comfort For zone sure. a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. But there's also some ideas that I think that connect to this um, PD topic. Um, things that I personally want to try. Um, game storming is a new thing that's kind of been making the rounds within the ed tech leaders. Um, and it's a way of looking at... It says it's a set of co-creation tools used by innovators around the world is what it says on their website. But it's really just it's games, games for opening, games for fresh thinking and ideas, games for team building, game for vision and strategy building. And I think that a lot of these ideas that they'd use on the game storming site could be very easily adapted to PD. So um, I'm I know I'm ordering the playbook so that way I can have some more ideas on how to use these resources. But um, that's definitely something that I'm going to be doing some personal research on because I think that could help enhance PD and again, include that conversation to get people talking. Um, and then another thing I want to mention, um, the METS group, the Michigan Educational Technology Specialists, they are doing a session at my Google this year, and it's a workshop session. It's uh, November 4th in the morning, and it's now it's made for ed tech coaches. It's a session on ed tech coaching. But man, if anybody, if anybody locally, and I say locally, statewide, knows how to deliver good PD, it's that METS group. That's kind of their specialty. Every PD I've ever gone to and anything I've done with that group, they've been amazing at making PD not stink. So I think if you want to go, even if you're not an ed tech specialist, if you are in this coaching role or you are in an administrative role and you deliver PD, go to this with, with, with that lens. They're going to talk about game storming and they're going to go through some different ideas on how to deliver PD better, but also kind of watch them and how they deliver PD because I think that you can learn a lot sitting in something that is really, really good. Not only take notes on the content, take notes on the presenter. Because they're going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm sure of it. They deliver amazing PD and that's kind of their thing. So go and learn what they do. Anything else? I have nothing else on that. All right. Tech tool of the week. Kind of related, um, remote for slides. This is a game changer. It is a Chrome extension. So you add it onto your device and then there's a website that you go to and you go to that website on your phone and then you can control your Google Slideshow through your phone. So all of a sudden, bye-bye clicker. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I have lost when I've been presenting out and about the dongle, the I dongle. have lost it. I've left it plugged into machines and then I've had to go say to Mr. Hicks, I need a new clicker and it's really embarrassing. But all I do is I just pull it up on my phone and then I can run through my Google slideshow um, from anywhere. And it's amazing. And it's kind of a game changer for those who deliver a lot of PD. If you're a presenter, that's yeah. that invariably your batteries are out. You forgot the dongle. Somebody else brings the clicker in. It doesn't quite work. It doesn't sync. It's down. It's has to download the app. It has to, you know, firmware issues. There's always something that goes wrong with the clicker. So to actually have it on your phone and just bing, 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 that's yeah. awesome. Crazy easy, um, crazy fast to set up. I think from when I found it to when I was rolling through, walking around the office, telling everyone I know, hey, check this out, guys. Um, maybe like four minutes. It's amazing. Tutorials and updates. We did a Bibliotech pod just a few days ago with Melissa Bauman um, on middle school libraries. That was really, really interesting. The better uh, Bauman. I like that. <laughs> I listen. Sorry, Andy. Um, uh, Technologist is actually up next week. First Technologist of the year. Very excited about that. I had a really interesting experience before I came down here. And this is as far away from 
edutech as you could possibly get, I think. And it was a, um, a stone soup gathering. And I don't know if you're familiar with the stone soup parable. Um, I'm sure everybody is. You've read the books. It's been around, obviously, forever. But an entire school, classroom by classroom, was going in and adding things uh, to the big soup pot. And, you know, they put a, a stone in every every class got to put one stone in. And uh, it's a great way to a, incorporate the idea of sharing and caring into your school community, but also a great way to include the entire community, not just the school, but your local farmers. The school that we were at, at had their own community gardens, so they actually used a lot of their own herbs and spices and things that they had grown. But we also had, they also had some local vendors come in and help uh, with ingredients. It was fabulous and they've done it for two years now and it was neat to see the older students commenting on what it means any comments on stone soup you're all, you're all going i wanted to be there i did want to be it there great, it's, by the way. it's a good reminder that it takes a team to make something awesome yep yeah yep. follow us on facebook and twitter at tcapsloop at brostrom da subscribe to the podcast on podbean itunes stitcher tune in downcast overcast the google play store and spotify leave a review we love the feedback i can do that all with one breath you forgot to thank them Oh, thank you for listening and inspiring. I wasn't ready, Larry. Thank you for listening and inspiring. How many times can I say it? Thank you for listening and inspiring. You, I, you always say something else, Larry. <laughs> I don't know what to do with the rest of my day. <laughs>